Get ready to listen to what's in your dog's food and how you can make better choices for your fur baby. Here with me today is dog food and dog treat expert, Haley Russell, co-founder of Chippin. Welcome to Tijin the Vegan Podcast, Episode 8, featuring co-founder of Chippin, Haley Russell. Haley, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thrilled to share more and can't wait to dive in. All right. So tell me, who is Chippin? Um, so Chippin is a, a company that I co-founded, and what we do is create high-quality pet nutrition that's powered by planet-friendly proteins. Um, and so, you know, the key discovery point was that uh, our dogs deserve, and, and we want to give them fantastic foods. Um, but unfortunately, when we look at the pet food industry, there's a really significant, um, what we call carbon paw print. Um, and so that's kind of looking at really the resources that are involved in the production of pet food. Um, and we found that crazily enough, if we were to think of all of our USA pets, 180 million cats and dogs, um, they rank fifth in global meat consumption. So they are big players in the food system. And um, I had this experience of, of wanting to find a food uh, that was really high quality, tasty, and more planet friendly, and I couldn't find one. Um, and so started chipping and kind of born out of the belief that we could chip in and do something good for our pets on the planet. And um, kicked off with a couple of treats for dogs, um, some powered by cricket protein and some powered by spirulina, which is our um, second product, which is a vegan dog treat. And um, then most recently uh, released a food that's, um, that's made from an overpopulated fish called silver carp. Okay. I think my question for this is, how did you come up with crickets spirulina, and silver carp as your main sources of protein for your dog food and your dog treats? Yeah, um, definitely did not come about overnight. There was kind of this long journey of, um, I had been interested in alternative proteins for people originally. I was looking at, um, the boom in plant-based eating. Um, I come from a, a vegetarian and pescatarian household. Um, the, so basically my parents had um, a, a different diet than a lot of other people um, much earlier <laughs> than um, many people who adopted you know, a plant-rich or plant-based diet. And, um, and so we'd always had kind of this like awareness of the food system and how um, eating really is a huge driver for personal health and well-being um, and also the way that we're using um, our planet. And, um, and so I was looking at insect protein um, a couple years ago and basically had this um, kind of crazy moment in which I, uh, my dog, Ren, <laughs> asked, like begged for some crickets <laughs> when I was um, doing some home kitchen testing um, for people. And uh, that was extraordinary to me because she's super picky. And it kind of just got my mind thinking about, um, well, why aren't we seeing any alternative proteins for pets? 
um, and then spent um, kind of a long time uh, looking at insect protein um, and sort of eventually after finding that, you know, there was like no great pet food option and that always been a tension for me as I was feeding my dog and um, started with the, the cricket protein product um, and then from there found that there was just really a world of proteins that we could tap into that were all natural and superfoods truly from a nutrition standpoint. One of the things that we've been very deliberate about is ensuring that we have really a science-backed approach to confirming that um, our proteins are not only eco-friendly, but also great for our dogs. Well, just like you had mentioned, we think about ourselves first a lot of the time and we pay attention to what we're eating and what we put in our bodies. But then we think about our fur babies. And I think a lot of people can agree when I say this is we don't know exactly what's in our pet's foods and it's probably not sourced from the best ingredients. And you had mentioned before that dogs are the fourth or fifth largest meat consumers, I believe. Yeah, so um, fifth largest uh, global meat consumers, if you're thinking about pets as their own country. Um, And I think that there's this tension because uh, while cats are obligate carnivores, um, and then dogs have um, are, are omnivores, and so they have an ability to have more of a plant-rich diet. Um, but I think both in the veterinarian community and then also amongst pet parents, um, the experience that I had was I, I I didn't I didn't feel comfortable with my dog being um, fully plant-based and um, some some for some dogs um, they may have allergy issues and so that's an important um, step for their diet. Um, For us, a a solution that sort of acted in this middle ground of getting all of the nutrition benefits of a complete animal protein for our pets um, without the eco harm and also without the um, ethical harm. Like we when we source our crickets, they are living in conditions that are very similar to how they would naturally choose to live. They're a naturally swarming species. Um, They are living to the end of their natural life cycle. Um, And so it's it's really kind of just a totally different model of um, partnering with small to medium sized uh, farms or fisheries um, and sourcing um, protein in a new way. I love that you are so involved in these partnerships and you know exactly where your crickets are coming from, where the spirulina and silver carp are coming from. And I was reading on your packaging that you're using human grade silver carp. Now, I've never read human grade uh, protein on any of the dog food packaging before. And I'm thinking to myself, where is my dog's protein then being sourced from? It really opens up a whole new other conversation, I think. Oftentimes, historically, a lot of what has been in pet food has been scraps. And then there's been, in many recipes, just concern around there being animals that have been 
diseased or dying that weren't fit for human consumption and that ultimately would end up in pet food. Some of that does still exist where really it's the lowest quality of lowest quality um, that's going into pet food. But then you also have um, a lot of companies that have started to use human grade beef and, and chicken or even lamb in food. And that presents like a whole nother issue because then you're putting something that's that much more resource intensive. You're putting something also that competes with the, the human food system, even though those aren't proteins that I eat. But um, but then there's like this whole uh, like other challenge if you're looking at human grade status quo proteins. And so we were really excited to be able to get super high quality protein, but ones that aren't leading to you know, the whole host of issues that I'm, I'm sure your listener um, base uh, knows as far as um, the challenges of kind of size quo proteins. That's so crazy. And one of the things I learned when researching your company is that silver carp is an overpopulated fish and that we need to fish for it. Yeah. Um, so the, the story of silver carp is really interesting and one that I think not a lot of people know. Uh, when we created the vegan dog treat made from spirulina, a lot of people have seen spirulina around. Same deal with crickets. There was this whole boom in interest several years ago with cricket protein bars for people. And so there's kind of this baseline level of awareness about the benefits of the proteins in both those products. But silver carp is something where we are really pioneering the way in creating a domestically sourced and sold product out of what is this omega-3 rich, super clean fish. So um, silver cups of vegetarian fish, they don't accumulate a bunch of toxins, mercury, one that is wild caught and one that we need to fish for. And so anybody who watched Seaspiracy or was tuning in on um, World Ocean Sand June 8th when we um, launched this product, um, there's so much overfishing and um, a lot of challenges with bycatch and the way that things are fished. And so um, for us to be able to work with local fishermen and um, fish this fish that in parts of the Mississippi and surrounding waterways is 90% of the biomass um, of the water is um, really great because it's, it's like, we're not creating something new. Like we are, we are partnering with people to um, fish something that we have to fish, um, will need to be fished no matter what. And then it's kind of like, okay, well, where's it going to go? And so I think the one thing, the, the one challenge though, is that people don't know about it and that it's not being served to people, not because it's not a great fish, because it's fantastic. We actually, as a team, made some silver carp dumplings <laughs> um, so that we would, um, be familiar with it and uh, everyone can taste it. And it's really solely just because um, people don't know about it and it's not served in restaurants. And so there just isn't an infrastructure right now um, for people to give it a try. You know, I think what people don't realize is that silver carp is an option for them. So not only is it super tasty, like they like their tuna and their salmon, but it's really high in nutrition. And the fact that it helps our ecosystem because it needs to be fished for, because it's so overpopulated. And I think that once this topic is more brought to light, it would be just as accessible like our salmon and our tuna. Now, my dog has a sensitive stomach. You know, he's got colitis. He's 12 years old. 
even though dogs are omnivores, I'm not a big believer in giving pets a vegan diet unless the doctor calls for it. I know a, you know, a friend who's got a dog and he cannot eat chicken or or meat because he is so sensitive sensitive to it. So he has a vegan diet. Uh, but my dog loves the silver carp formula, which I'm so happy to say because he is super picky. Yeah, I think it's um it's really fun uh, fun for me personally to be able to work on something that um, I wholeheartedly uh, believe in and I think is also just a positive all around. Now, how did you go about finding these fish farms and cricket farms and creating these partnerships? How does that work when starting a business? How did you go about that? <laughs> it's super fun. I actually... Um, Tomorrow, I'm heading out to Kentucky and doing another visit with our fishery partner. <laughs> so I can't wait. So one of the one of the things that is so special about Chippin, tons of fun for me, is that um, we do have these direct partnerships. And so if you're looking at um, how a lot of food is made generally, and then certainly how pet food is made, it tends to rely on the sourcing of commodity proteins. And so by commodity, I mean something that um, really is undifferentiated across one supplier to the other. That's then also an issue in terms of transparency. And so most pet food then, um, like there wouldn't be an ability to, to tell you which farm the the chicken came from because right. it's kind of just aggregating a whole bunch of different um, farms together, um, processing that protein and then putting in your dog's food. Whereas what we do is, for instance, with our silver carp, um, work directly with a fishery that's out in Kentucky. And after I started to learn about silver carp, I, I really just kind of was scouring the internet and, and calling folks to try to find if there was even a way to partner with someone here in the U.S. to get this protein. And the first thing that I did was you just got a ton of samples of it. And so it was kind of funny because as we were first developing a product, I had frozen silver carp sent to my apartment in New York. And I'm like cooking it on the stove first for me um, to check it out. And then I'm sending it over to a lab to get everything tested and, and then sharing some with my dog and, and then starting to um, test it out. And food, and then really amidst the height of COVID last year, which is kind of crazy, I, I quarantined and rented a car, and then um, drove out to Kentucky and got to know the folks, the fishermen that have been uh, had been sending me samples, and that we now work with, and established a direct working relationship with them after seeing and. Um, walking the floor of where where the fish is being uh, processed and and where you know where everything is caught. That is so inspiring, and I truly look up to women just like you who are in this industry, paving the way for the future female entrepreneurs. And it's to my understanding that your team consists of all women. Yes, we do. Uh, we do have a female-centered uh, team. Certainly, um, certainly, always interested in having a diverse group of folks. So, so <laughs> um, <laughs> we, uh, we, uh, yeah, we obviously are, are working alongside a, a varied group of people. But actually, our um, 
our fishery partner also is um, so a woman who's an immigrant who started um, started the fishery out in Western Kentucky. Um, and so that's pretty cool too. That's really cool. And I'm pretty sure, you know, when you think about the fishing industry, it's a pretty male dominated world out there. So to have a woman in charge of her own silver carp business is badass. Now you and your co-founder made the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Can we talk about that? I mean, I was just elated. That's something that I had, uh, definitely looked at my entire twenties. Um, I made the list, uh, when I was 29. So it was right at the end. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think I just felt proud. I was excited to share, um, with my family and then, um, but I think in kind of true fashion, once you, like, once you get that kind of, um, badge or accolade, I I guess, very entrepreneurial me, I'm always kind of like on to the next thing. (laughs) So, yeah, so excited about it, but tend, tend not to dwell on anything for me, like the, the biggest sense of accomplishment, honestly, comes from making a product and, and hearing feedback on that. And when we get a customer review uh, where our food or our treats have made a real difference for, say, a dog that has allergies and had been itching a lot or was losing its coat. And then by switching to uh, protein allergies are really, really challenging for a lot of pets. Um, and beef and chicken are the top allergens. Like in some ways, I, I tend to feel like a, like really fulfilled from from that stuff. <laughs> Definitely, because you're making a direct impact and getting feedback from these customers that are saying that this food has helped their dog. Now, my Maltese who passed away two years ago, I look back and I I am reminded of his allergies and his conditions. And now I'm thinking, well, it was probably food related when initially I was thinking it was allergies from outside. And my dog buddy right now, he has colitis. He was diagnosed a few years ago and he's super picky, but this food seems to be really working with him and I'm excited for him to continue it and to see how he changes from it. Now, is your food recommended for all ages? Yeah. So the food that we've developed is not for puppies yet. We partnered with PhDs and and veterinarians who have a focus on nutrition in the development process and just got a ton of different advice. And so um, we were committed to creating a little bit more of an age-specific recipe so that we could try to provide uh, something that really is like the best fit for your dog. And so right now it's for one plus years. And I think the things that are kind of really interesting about it for the dogs that enjoy it and, and are eating chicken is it's actually an oven baked recipe. And so one thing that it, you noted, I think about your dog being picky and um, it may be being notable that he's, he was willing to eat it um, is that it's more of like a, it's almost like a cluster format or it doesn't have basically like by oven baking it, we're able to maintain both something like it's tastier, so it's more highly palatable. And then also you maintain more of the nutrition because we're not kind of lash heating ingredients. And so it doesn't turn out into those like brown, like dark brown balls. And so, yeah, I mean, that's something that um, we've been 
we've been excited to offer. And also because we are using this fresh fish, it adds to the flavor and also the health because we're not pre-cooking or putting what is called rendered meat meals into the food. It's just like everything is totally fresh on natural ingredients. Haley, where did you learn all of this? Because, you know, myself, I didn't know that oven bake versus the other ways that they're normally made, that it made a nutritional difference. (laughs) I, so I grew up in the DC area. Uh, I was born in Berkeley, California. And then my mom was a very food focused person. And I've just always been interested in learning about food. And so I think with, um, I think anyone who starts a business, you have to, you have to, in some way, uh, I mean, you have to love it. Uh, you're spending a ton of time on it. And I think there has to be just a real bent toward learning. And so even before starting Chivna's business, I was just learning a lot about, uh, protein, a lot about ingredients, a lot about animal health and, um, so it's been now just kind of a handful of years in which I've tried to act like a sponge and talking to people that have dedicated themselves to specific research on novel protein evaluation or uh, manufacturing, really just kind of across the entire um, supply chain. So where can people currently purchase Chippin? We are sold on our own website, Chippin pet.com, C-H-I-P-P-I-N. And um, on there, we have both the silver carp daily food that we talked about, as well as um, four flavors of dog treats. Um, And then we also uh, really excited. We also just kicked off a partnership with Petco. Um, And so for Earth Day uh, 2021, um, so back in April, Um, We went live in 158 Petco stores nationwide and Petco.com. And we're one of of a a pretty small set of anchor brands, as it were, um, that has worked with Petco in kicking off this much broader sustainability commitment um, that they've shared to go to 50% sustainable products by 2025. That is so exciting. And Thank you for creating a brand that better helps our environment, that helps the health of our fur babies. What can we expect for the future of Chippin? By any chance, are you creating a line for cats? Because I think my cat would be in love with silver carp. We have gotten a ton of cat requests. And so I that is definitely on my radar. I think in particular, the silver carp would be just awesome for cats. So anybody who wants to request things for cats, uh, that is always super helpful because then we can um, get a sense for the interest. But definitely you can you can expect, uh, I, I hope, some feline products <laughs> in the future. And then um, also really just at the end of the day, again, chipping is all about chipping in, doing something that's good for pets and planet and creating this high quality nutrition that's powered by planet-friendly proteins in general. And so I think as we look at the future going forward, very excited about the opportunity to really work alongside what we're seeing in the human food industry um, and lead the way in creating better pet foods all around. Absolutely. I cannot agree with you more on just bettering the health of our fur babies. And I want to thank you so much for co-founding a wonderful company. I can't wait for everyone to get their hands on this dog food to try 
to try for their dogs. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, really thrilled to be able to share a bit about our story and will absolutely would recommend keep a lookout for future products. 